Hi, this is Shane from Supergloom, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Okay. So there's always something, but yeah, we're good. We'll 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 make whatever works. Yeah, make yeah. it short and sweet if we have to. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm going to try and see what we can get in, but I appreciate it. Where are you guys at? Los Angeles. Nice. Yeah. Yep. I love yep. LA. I haven't been to LA in a long time, but I used to love it. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Old... Where, where, where are you now? I'm in Richmond, Virginia, originally from New York. Oh, sweet. Okay, oh, okay cool. Right on. Yeah, I've been down here, I don't know, 18, 19 years, I guess we moved down here. A lot easier to live, a lot uh I love New yep. York, but I can't afford New York. Oh, I want to work. Oh man, yeah, yeah. You. Same with LA. It's. You know, I was gonna say it's probably about the same with you guys out there, right? Yeah, yeah it's we, we love it, and the music scene out here is incredible. It's treated us really well, but right, you know, it's always a, it's a grind, man. It's a grind. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about Supergloom. Hell yeah! Um, for those not familiar, um, can you give us the two sentence elevator boardroom pitch? <laughs> <laughs> do it change usually the toughest one for everybody so start there yeah. and then then it's easy i don't know I, I think our music falls kind of within the alternative realm um there's definitely like some shoegaze elements we also can get psychedelics certainly we did more on our first ep um i mean we, we draw influence yeah. from all kinds of bands uh i don't know what would you have to yeah. say Ethan? I, I think if we were if I was to do an actual elevator pitch, I would say, you know, we are we're all um we've all been musicians in different bands for so long and we came together to play some Queens of the Stone Age covers, if it gives you yeah. an idea of where our music tastes lie. And we decided to kind of roll with original stuff after that and branch off into more of our shoegaze psychedelic um you know backgrounds a little bit so i think that queens of stone age was the thing that brought us together but then we kind of branched out into our uh, more psychedelic more um you know uh shoegaze kind of so i'm not i'm not very familiar with queens of the stone age forgive me so do you feel like you brought you brought some of their elements into your writing as well yeah certain songs i would say Um, yeah, it's, it's funny because they're pretty um they're a lot more you know harder rock than than i think we tend to be um but you know they have like some really good melodic um vocal parts stuff like that that we gravitate towards that i think we definitely uh, incorporate in a lot of our music when you guys yeah. are writing are you guys when you guys are writing are you guys writing all together or is it more the efforts of one particular member and then kind of sharing it there's really no one set way. It varies. Um, like a lot of times I'll write like a lot of like the chord progressions for songs and then I'll send it to everybody and then they'll start putting their part on top of that. Or somebody will bring like a, a rough blueprint of a song to the practice studio and we'll jam it or we'll just have a, a jam and try to write something. So it, it kind of varies. Yeah, we're kind, we're kind of lucky because um, all of us have ways of recording so we do a lot of demos so each person we actually have a google drive of like demos that everyone just drops in and we kind of work a lot from that and that kind of sparked from the the beginning of our band which 
you know, like a lot of people's projects in the past, you know, few years, um, when we were in lockdown with COVID stuff, like that's how we started as a band. We just sent each other demos and we we're like, okay, let's, let's b- build this out and flesh it out. And, you know, and so we do that. We still do that a lot. Is there ever a point you guys get into the same studio or the same room, whatever it is, like in the old days and bounce stuff back and forth, or is it mostly just electronic? I don't know for sure. I mean, we have a rehearsal studio where mm-hmm. we'll workshop ideas. You know, once we have like a pretty good idea for a demo, like oh, let's try running this in the studio and flushing it out and making any kind of tweaks because it's faster to do that in person. Yeah. yeah. But also, I also have, like, think... writing sessions at one of our places, you know, and we'll work on the song stripped down where it's not like in a noisy environment. Right. Yeah. I also think that getting to doing it, like you just said, makes it more organic and more real and it's weird but maybe even more breathable right because it sort of takes on a life of its own that you wouldn't have listening to a file that shane sent you over email does that make sense yeah 100 percent um and i will say you know we do we do a lot of we'll do the demo stuff but then also when we get together we basically i think every band i've been in has kind of done this too to get warmed up, you know, we'll just jam for 20 minutes, 30 minutes or whatever, and just see what comes out. And I'll say like a lot of our demos are sparked from that originally, or, you know, we'll like hear some things. We record a lot of our practices too. Right. Just keep it running. Yeah, you never just voice memos. Yeah, and, exactly. uh, you know, you wouldn't want to hear them because they're all pretty jumbled, you know. But they right. But how much of those has made the record, made a song or a record? Probably a lot of them, right? You go back and go. Yeah, yeah quite, quite a few. Yeah. So it's yeah. definitely we love getting together. I, I that's definitely the ideal way to write. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it, it just depends. You know, sometimes it's easier for somebody to have kind of like the blueprint of a song, like what they're going yeah. for and then bring it to everybody. Sometimes it's easier just to, Oh, I got a poor chord progression. Let's jam over this. Yeah. yeah. Or some, I play drums in the band, but I also lead the band, but um, I'll sometimes I'll just play a drum beat at the practice studio and that will like spawn a whole jam and that will be turned yeah. into a song. Like for instance, on our first EP, there's a song called waiting for the day. And I was just messing around with this groove and I didn't even kind of realize it at the time, but to get kind of music nerdy, it was like a metric modulation because mm-hmm. like a pulse changes from like a, a triplet thing to um to a four four thing and end up being this really unique song and we're all really stoked yeah. that <clears throat> when you're yeah. writing and I don't know how this applies to uh your style of music because a lot of people we talked to are a little bit heavier but are you writing the song for like how the song is going to come across on stage or are you writing the song for a song's sake and then sort of adapting it later on that's a really good question um, because I've been in projects before where, where we were mostly focused on the live part, but I, I would say, I think Superbloom has been very, very interested in creating unique songs first, um, no matter if it's, you know, using electronic elements or using multiple guitars that we can't replicate and then figuring out how to either pare it down for stage or, I mean, we're never opposed to bringing more people on stage, you know, we haven't done it a lot yet, but like making it work with what we've got kind of thing. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I would say when we're making the song, it's definitely for the studio. But then we mm-hmm. want to figure out how to play it live. And I don't know, it seems to be happening a lot of times from different bands I've played in. Like live is always a little bit more exciting. So it's totally. like 
you know, the songs kind of have a bit more of an edge live and they actually can be a bit heavier, probably because there's less elements. So there's like the distortion cuts through more and stuff. But yeah. I think one thing that kind of helps us retain like our live sound is we like to record live as much as possible. Like definitely the bass and drums live together and some maybe rhythm guitar, you know, just to kind of capture that live energy. Yeah. Especially for our new record, we want to capture even more of that and not have it be like such a polished thing, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, so along those same lines, then <laughs> you're recording the song for the song's sake, more or less. Do you ever find it difficult? Like, oh, shit, we've done too much or we can't replicate this live. Oh, certainly. Oh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ethan was sort of smiling when I said that. So I'm guessing that happens. Yeah. So because yeah. we love to layer, you know, love to layer guitars, love to layer parts, uh, you know, things that really complement each other. Um, so we can we can definitely make things a little bit bigger than we could replicate on stage but it's like Shane was saying like we like to our our live set to be a little bit more raw a little bit heavier a little bit more fun so we're never really super concerned about you know making it sound like the record you know a lot, a lot of times too we'll extend parts we'll create like um you know uh segues into into songs and stuff that that make the live set unique as opposed to just playing the album as is. Okay. So I was doing some research and it looks like you guys released immaterial out on cassette. What's it like putting cassettes back out there? That's a whole nother throwback, right? Yeah. I, I think they're still pretty collectible like vinyl, you know, it's, it's kind yeah. of a novelty, but I think people are still more interested in cassettes than CDs nowadays. Really? Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I got my, my cassette tape right here. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. That's so funny. <laughs> I mean, because cassettes sound good. They're analog and they're, they're a bit warmer than CDs. And then, you know, it just it feels cooler, I think. Yeah, I, I do think it's, you know, definitely a novel thing. I don't, I don't. Out of the the tapes that we're selling, um, people necessarily have cassette players, but um, I do yeah, think that's a whole other thing, right? Yeah, I think it's the more the tangible merch. You know, it's like the thing you can hold in your hand. It has you know cool artwork and and stuff like that. Um, sorry, because I know I have like a handful of tapes. I actually really do have a cassette player, <laughs> um, but uh, I do think it's like you know it's it's also a wave of of something that I feel like people are doing again um so i i just i love having the, the that merch that you can just put in your hands you know? tell you i 100 agree with you on the physical merch and i definitely agree with yeah. definitely am a fan of albums cassettes yeah. kind of scare me though because i remember having to do that stupid thing with the pen when it got <laughs> eaten and you right <laughs> yeah yeah that's a no 100 but they just but i definitely cool. I, they probably do. And I agree with the physical thing because or the physical product, because that's totally gone in the, you know, the, the world we live in. Right. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. looking for yeah. one single digital. There's no, 
we were just talking in a previous interview here, like there's no ritual of getting the physical copy or going yeah. to the store and getting the physical copy and then reading the notes and reading the liner notes yep. and the lyrics and the who you thanked. And I, that was a whole thing to me, a process. And it seems yeah. missing in this world. Yeah, man. I Even aside from the music, that's one thing that we've been really trying to incorporate um, too is like just like custom merch. Um, you know, I do a lot of embroidering and <laughs> things like that. Um, and so like, we like to like make all that stuff. So it feels like a, like a experience, you know, it's not just mm -hmm. here's some shit that we threw together. It's like everything we do has a little bit of us in it, including the music, including the merch, you know, that's. So also I think there's some sort of thing to be said for sequencing, right? I mean, that's a whole lost art. You guys put yeah. that whole tape together and it, it kind of moves. You put some thought into, yep. you know, what mood you want to set opening it up and through the middle and bringing it back again. Yeah, you don't get yeah. that from yeah, a 99 cent download. Right. Yep. 100%. Um, yeah, I think that's, you know, we're not, we're not lost in the, the ways of, of singles uh, and how that, how important that is now. So we still no, no, do I get that as it is, but the thing is, it's like you said, in the back of our mind. And then when we know we're going to release the whole thing, it's already, it's a whole co cohesive thing that we planned, you know, um, you know, for people that take it seriously like we do, you know. So is there something you want your fans to take away from after listening to a Super Gloom record? Well, I'd like um, the music to take the listener onto a sonic journey, you know. I think each song's a bit different and <clears throat> a lot of different layers and sounds. So hopefully it kind of just uh, transports you to another place uh, temporarily, you know. Yeah. I Also, you know, it's something... I think Shannon mentioned this, but you know, we're all a little bit nerdy um, when it comes to music. And so one thing that we want to do, but kind of like behind the scenes is like um, challenge, challenge the listener a little bit. You know, we like to do interesting parts and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, we also have pop sensibilities. So like our melodies are going to still be catchy and still be, um, you know, what we want to hear and what we want people to hear but also like creating instrumentals that are a little bit challenging, you know, keep it fun, keep it interesting. Right. Yeah. Are you guys yeah. planning on taking this out on the road at all? Would love to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right now we're working on the demos for our debut LP, but I'm hoping we start like um, playing just neighboring cities of LA like early next year. And then, you know, like maybe get on a, a decent support tour like in the middle of the year or something but yeah whenever it's feasible we'd love to get on the road yeah nice so what do you guys have planned then next i mean obviously you've got the records out now and the singles out are you going to be doing more videos more singles kind of stuff like that yeah well right now like i said we're working on the demos so i'm not sure if we'll have another release this year but we'll definitely be releasing singles early next year and then hopefully the record around summertime or something so when you're yeah. writing do you like purposely think about not writing the same record i mean obviously you don't want to change your whole you can't work out of your wheelhouse and ruin your fan base but do you consciously try not to write the previous songs that makes sense yeah i, I don't think yeah. that's ever an issue because the beautiful thing about this band is that we're all highly creative and everybody has ideas to bring to the table for songs and so we're never kind of had a shortage of writing the same song again. Um, yeah, we never even had that discussion so far. I mean, yeah. I guess the, 
could always happen, but it is it is funny. I think Peter, uh, one of the singers in our band, the keyboard player, um, I think he mentioned the other day we were having a writing session and he was saying, you know, um, you know, we're such a new band for, you know, so to speak, um, that like we don't know if we really even have a sound yet, because I think everything we're doing is, you know, we have a sound that we've put out, but like it's always evolving like shane said like right. we all are bringing different stuff to the table that's like you know we don't this album could be way different than anything we've created and we're okay with that you know like we're we're fine with uh pushing ourselves to make cooler and, and better songs do you ever consider that that may not resonate as much with the listener because you're changing they're changing totally. things up or you don't even care because it's you know yeah. from the heart there's always that possibility, but hopefully everyone just is just along on the journey with us, you know? Right. Yeah. I think I mean, on, on this yeah. new release, there's definitely going to be some heavier stuff. I know you're asking kind of about our influence with Queens of the Stone Age. And I would say like the really unique thing about that band is the heaviness that they bring to their songs, but also like the nice, like catchy falsetto. And that's kind of what I've always been really influenced by to bring that kind of influence into this band. And you'll yeah. hear that with certain songs on this new EP, like, old friend that you can definitely hear the queens of stone age influence on that song it gets pretty damn mm -hmm. heavy in the chorus and then there's another song called glass ajar where it's like more dense layered kind of heavy shoegaze with like that nice catchy vocal yeah yeah so, I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I was gonna say i, I wouldn't yeah i wouldn't say we were we wouldn't we don't care if we uh you know detract um previous listeners we do we do care obviously and i think what we what we will bring is still like the energy to our live shows and all that right, stuff right. that i think people come to see um so it's not that we don't care but we but you know we assume that our listeners are like us and they like to hear a, a myriad of, of different things you know and so right. i think we treat it that way a little bit Okay, so I'm going to, this yeah, may sound yeah. really dumb to you guys, but I don't know. Can you define shoegaze for me? That's totally outside of my wheelhouse. <laughs> That's a shame well, question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's really kind of just like really thick layers of music, a lot of different effects going on, typically like reverb and distortion and delay. Uh, it's, it's kind of like it's a wall of sound. I mean, like the most like. Like the cure? They, yeah. they definitely were an influence on shoegaze, but a band called My Buddy Valentine with a record oh, yeah. Loveless, that's kind of yeah. like the pinnacle of shoegaze. Okay. And another massive shoegaze band would be Slow Dive. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah. it, it could range. Uh, shoegaze can be heavy or it could be more dreamy, ethereal. You know, there's like pretty big range within shoegaze. Right. shoegaze. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah, we try to kind of get somewhere in the, I mean, we're not trying, but we usually land somewhere in the middle of that where we like to really, uh, layer our guitars and do these heavy kind of choruses, but still like dip into that, you know, psychedelic kind of uh, dreamy uh, right. wave stuff as well. So I imagine live, that's pretty cool then. Yeah, um, we definitely try to create a big <laughs> sound, uh, you know. Yeah, um, I'm just trying to picture what you guys are saying in my head, and that's got to be yeah. really, really cool live, or at least a good live vibe. Yeah, yeah. you know, and with you know we use a lot of it's guitar heavy but like peter also brings in this really beautiful um like layer of keyboards that create pads and like you know these really kind of big atmospheric sounds that really 
I think kind of take it to that next level of, of heaviness. Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Sweet. It adds just more dimension to the overall sound. It's not just only guitar, you know, it, yeah. synthesizers add a lot of color and stuff to the music. Totally. Yes, I agree for sure. So that's going to bring me to the end of what I had. Did I miss anything you guys want to cover? Um, no, but when you're talking to kind of about like worried about um, losing listeners or anything, if anything, I think our, our new music is just going to grow more and more listeners because we're just growing as a band and each like subsequent release, our yeah. songwriting is just getting stronger and more refined. So I'm not worried about yeah, that. Least, that's actually a good point. Um, one thing that's been really helpful for us, we've played, we, me and Shane have played in different bands and all of us have played in different bands for, I mean, upwards of 20 years. Um, right. And uh, and I think we are constantly, this band has kind of made us like learn a little bit more. We were always kind of flying by the seat of our pants, pants you know, like doing music all the time. And we've worked with some really, really talented people in the studio um that have kind of shaped our way uh, uh how to create a song or you know things that we maybe didn't look at we all love to like play our parts and you know it gave us a way to kind of sit back and be like okay does this part actually work does and so i think to shane's point uh i think our songs are gonna get better um just based on the knowledge that we've gained from creating these songs in the studio already so i, I do think it's going to attract more people beautiful yeah yeah just, just and, as the chemistry uh grows you know as a, being a band totally yeah. that too yeah sweet so like i said that's going to bring me to the end of my questions um i know if fans want to find you i had a hard time finding it how do you uh can you give us your socials yeah so yeah. our instagram is just super gloom but the o's are actually zeros because the other handle was taken unfortunately yeah gotcha. and our, our website is the same supergloom.com with the two zeros Mm -hmm. uh, should be same on facebook on um yep. spotify it would just be super gloom and then you could um well we used to have the ghost as our logo but now it's a photo of us but uh you you can find it <laughs> yeah it's awesome and i thank you for taking the time um I thought thank you guys. I hope that wasn't too bad. <laughs> oh no, yeah. thanks a lot, Bruce. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, for thank you so time, much. And I'm glad we made it work. So yeah, yeah man. Really appreciate it. I'll get it over to Kip. Yeah, yeah come out to Virginia. Virginia. I'd love to meet in person. Absolutely. Sure. Beers are on you. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon, my friends. Awesome. Peace, right, man. Right, be well. Yep. Right, bye. bye. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.